Um, so I'm Lynn, and I'm moderating this panel about how we all work from home effectively. And as you heard, we all have very different backgrounds and different ways we approach work. And I think what would be really helpful if we kind of explore our rituals of being effective, you know, in, in, in a day, <laughs> um, and, you know, where we address things such as how we manage time, manage environment, and so on. So, Rana, if we start with you. Hi. Uh, so, ritual. Uh, well, let's start with a little bit of what you do and into, like, a typical yeah. day or atypical yeah. day. Um, so a little bit about me um, and, and what I do in a typical day is I run Juggernaut, which is a creative digital design strategy consultation-based um, company. I have clients uh, as far ranging as the federal government and Disney, as well as some startups um, around the peninsula. I have also joined a startup as of last week, so that will also bring some hairiness into my working from home schedule. But uh, uh, basically, every day is so different, but it is uh, bookended by uh, waking up to my six-month-old, um, dealing with him a little bit, passing him to the nanny, and then uh, closing the door, putting on headphones, and drinking coffee, and staring at my computer. <laughs> And I can get into further detail from there. Are you in pajamas or out of pajamas? Yeah, I do. I do aspire for the shower, and it does happen on most days. I am. I'm very proud to to say. Um, but sometimes it just feels more effective, productive, to do the pajamas. <laughs> okay, Elisa. Hi, my name is. Is it Elisa? Elisa, yeah. Right. Hi, my name is Elisa Batista. Does this work? Oh, okay. And I am a campaign organizer with MomsRising.org. We are a national family advocacy organization that was co-founded by MoveOn.org's Joan Blades. And I actually came to this line of work. Um, I was a journalist here at Wired News in San Francisco for three and a half years. And I actually left because I wanted a work from home environment when I had children. And um, my typical day, I hate to say it, but I am always in pajamas. I, in fact, was putting on jeans for the first time in months, and they were quite snug. So I think I, um, I'm snacking too much at home. Uh, but a typical day for me is that I get my kids off to school, and I work about six hours during the day while they're at work. I have phone calls. We frequently, we're very collaborative at Moms Rising. And uh, we have a lot of scheduled meetings, both staff calls and campaign calls, as well as phone calls with our partners who we collaborate with, other nonprofit organizations. Um, I'm always online. I have a Harvest app to keep track of how many hours I'm working. I pick up my kids at 3 o'clock, and I deal with them after school, make dinner, and I put in my last two hours at night. And of course, a lot of my fellow moms at Moms Rising are also up at night, including on the East Coast. How, how do you make sure that you're not working 24-7, though? That is a challenge. I have to say, right now, I've had a cold for over a month, and I have no doubt that it has to do with um, constantly being on. You have to learn to kind of, and I have to get better with this, turning it off. 
Um, even my kids have complained that I'm on the computer all the time, which is kind of ironic because I took this job so that I could be more ho at home with them, but I'm not mentally present with them. So um, I think it's important to have separate workspace um, in your own home. I did have an office for a while, and then I gave it up so my, husband, my son could have his own bedroom. So now I work at the kitchen table. Um, and I, so there isn't that much separation for me. I do bring the laptop to bed with me. I, I do need to get better about uh, cutting it off at eight hours, absolutely. Keith, for you. So I am Keith Falgren. I work for Safari Books Online. Uh, we have over 37,000 technical and business books and videos for folks like you guys. But I used to be the director of engineering there. I worked in the past with a fully distributed, very tiny team doing consulting and product work. And now we're this kind of weird hybrid where we have a variety of relatively small offices across the country, but none of them have a center of gravity, and we have a whole lot of remote workers. And I've been doing the remote work with these different sizes of teams for eight years. I, I don't know in eight years that I've ever had a day where I worked that I didn't take a shower, so I'm sorry, I'm the hater. Um, the part of it is I just have these habits, and I think one of the things that, that I want to emphasize is there's been a lot of interesting things that the previous speakers have said that, that fundamentally come down to very good defaults. And so for me, I have a pattern to each day. Like um, last Thursday, I probably woke up at about 5. Um, I'm happier doing a little bit of work in the morning because some of my team members are toward the East Coast. So I had a great idea in the shower about how I could um, help somebody understand a, a low-level problem between products and use the acronym PUGS, which was like really critical. So I went on to HipChat, I sort of said hello, which is the thing we always do. We, we do a, a, a slight modification of the, the scrum pattern that other people have mentioned. We just do it in text because we have different time zones. So I, I talked about what I did last, which is just a few words, that's yesterday. I talked about what I, my goals are for today, and then I said, oh my god, I have this great idea about this thing, and it could be called Pugs, and it's clearly a good idea because it has Pugs in it. And that meant that when the tech lead that was going to be responsible for building this thing came online, actually in Boston, but after me, because this was you know 5.45 in California, he was able to think through it, and we had this sort of asynchronous collaboration through HipChat for the rest of the day. I, I think Pugs made his idea maybe 2% better, but it was a nice way to share. That meant that I got an hour of real work done in relative quiet before other people showed up. I spent some time getting my kids ready and then distributed. I came back and did a pretty continuous amount of work from about 8.45 that included one-on-ones that I have with project managers and tech leads and uh, product managers through Google Hangouts uh, over video. I wrapped that up about noon. I got to do an hour of volunteering with my son's kindergarten class, teaching them how to use computers, which is crazy. Go do it. It's a lot more fun than you would realize. Um, and then I came back and I did normal work from about 1.45 until the end of the day. And, and that's pretty typical for me. It's easier. Um, I love that I can go and do an hour at the kindergarten in the middle of the day. That's part of why I switch. But I also have like this pattern so that I don't 
go crazy and kill myself. So what drives your productivity? Is, is it that you have a deadline goal or is there some other personal goal? What drives your overall productivity? Yeah, so I'm now a, a program manager, so I'm supposed to be, which is a, a non-technical role, where I'm supposed to help product managers and align products and teams and do remote work better, sort of all these intangible things. And as an ex-engineer, it's very hard actually to know whether I'm succeeding. So I sort of week to week and month to month, I, I, I don't set up formal goals, but I, I set up informal goals of what I'm focusing on. And so I, I derive some of my, I did a good job this week out of, you know, did my one-on-ones go well? Did I actually contribute back to them to help them do a better job? Or did I create a, you know, a Google document that really helped somebody understand this thorny problem? So I don't feel like I have a good answer for that. And I don't know how non-technical people do it. Because when you can write the codes, you're just like, oh my god, there's so much green text on a black background. I'm great. Um, but there must be other ways of being useful. So for me, it's, it's hard to measure, but it sort of goes back and forth. Right. So for me, there, there is no typical day because I do many different things. Like I'm a, some days I'm an adjunct professor. So I have, you know, scheduled times that I have to meet at class face to face and teach students. And then sometimes I write articles for magazines. So I have deadlines that I have to meet and I know how long it takes me to write certain types of articles, right? But then there are other times where I work with companies or agencies where I have to go into their offices a couple of times a week. And then there are other projects that I work on where I don't have to go in at all. So those days I'm in the pajamas. Um, but, um, you know, more, more regularly, I'm getting up and getting ready. I, too, like the rest of you, have kids. Um, but I co-parent, so it's not in the same home. Um, so the days that I have the kids, those are the days that, you know, I wake up, take kid to school, and then have to stay on for the rest of the day. And those days, usually, I go and work from a co-working space or a cafe or something. Um, which can also be a little difficult at times to not be in your own space. I know some of, some of us were talking in the, the green room about this, uh, about whether you have the right space around you or the, the tools or the proper chair in order to be productive. And I do, I found like when I was working full time that standing up is better for me because I put on the music, I dance a little, you know, do a little jig. And um, it gets my blood pumping, gets me going. I also tend to strut as I'm speaking on the phone. I cannot sit still. Uh, maybe it's a little ADHD, I don't know. But <laughs> those things I've learned about myself and how I work best sometimes become difficult for me to actually work in an office or a location that doesn't have that type of setup for me. So whereas working from home does become better for me. Um, I know when we were all on the call, we talked a little bit about some of the challenges that we try to overcome. I know for you, it's a lot about talking to a lot of people who are there often in the same room, but you're at home by yourself, and, and how do you really plug in and be a part of that, that community, right? Yeah, yeah. I think um, having clients in remote areas where there are other 
consultants and other contractors and like a big party of people in a room and you have sort of a daily or a weekly conference call um, arises in me a, a huge insecurity because I'm the only voice on the phone sometimes and I know there's 30 people physically in a room and sometimes I have to pitch ideas and it's so difficult when you can't look at people's faces and say what what do they think? What do they think? So I've sort of developed a, a feedback loop with a few people that are in the room to sort of text me and let me know how to go down um, because sometimes there's just silence on the phone and that's really difficult. Um, and some of my clients are, are really good with video and that addresses that problem. And you know that's also where you at least shoulders up need to have taken a shower. <laughs> And for you, I mean, where everyone is virtual, you know, collaboration becomes a big issue. So how do you guys achieve that? Well, we, so I, I, I think it definitely helps that we're 100% virtual. So I've never felt like I wasn't a part of the team. Um, but we do have a one time a year retreat for a couple days. Um, in which all 25 employees get together, and that is something we do look forward to every year. And I have to say, we are on the phone quite a bit. I know all my coworkers by their voices, and of course their avatars on, um, we, we do a lot of um, Gchat, as well as email. I would say my email box is a nightmare. You know, a lot of emails going back and forth, flying on, and I have a few projects, a few campaigns that I work on, so I'm keeping tabs on all those threads. Um, and that's not to mention, I um, before used to cover more campaigns and one piece of feedback I did give my supervisor was that I thought it was too much, like all the phone calls and all the emails. So now I'm down to three campaigns, but there are people on staff that cover even more than that. Thanks. Uh, Keith, you kind of touched on this, but it's like this idea of you're sitting at home and you have to manage projects and you have to manage people. How, how does that work from sitting at home when some people are in the office and some people are virtual and people are all over the place in your case? Yeah, and, you know, I think we each have different perspectives on it and you guys, I know, have, have challenges. I, I would just say for anybody that has an opportunity to influence the culture of the rest of the company, just cheat relentlessly. Right? Like, buy yourself a better headset with a hard-coded mute button and show them what it looks like when you actually remember how to mute. Or, you know, set up a default that even if people are in the same office, that they're all going to call in independently because that's the only thing that's, like, fair, is we're all going to be tiny little boxes on the screen, even though you guys could shake hands. And it's, it's kind of interesting how if you model these things from day one, you often don't get very much pushback. I realize like in a, in a consulting thing, you might not be able to do that, but a lot of you have probably more leverage to just model good behavior, especially if you're the, the one person. Uh, and I think if you're very patient, you know, expect that to take months rather than days, but uh, patience will win, and I've seen that in a lot of different places. Great. I'd like to just jump in and share some questions from our audience. Um, so this question is for everyone. How long has each of you been working from home? Seven and a half years. Me, it's been off and on. So like I worked from home for a year. I went back to full-time work, came back to working from home. So altogether working from home, maybe two years. 
Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I'd say off and on over the past 12 years, and I'd say three, four of them solidly were working at home. Um, five years and three of it full time from home. Okay, great. So how do you all block out distractions while working from home? I use rescue time. Mm. Anyone familiar nice. with rescue time? Yeah. Yes? No? Rescue time is you can put it on your desktop, you can put it on your, your mobile phone, and you can have it set alerts and notifications when you're spending too much time browsing or texting and so on to make sure that you stay at the business of doing work so you block out times where you have to be working, right? Um, for me, I, uh, I use the 20-minute increment uh, for my entire day. And if I don't have that plan, then I usually kind of get off track. But most days, there's a couple of things I have to hit, and they're already pre-planned for 20 minutes. 20 minutes for the shower, 20 minutes to nurse the baby, 20 minutes to get on with a phone call, 20 minutes to talk to my mom, and then 20 minutes to get back to work after that. Etc. So um, that keeps me moving because if I miss one of those windows, then I'm going to be 40 minutes behind. That's a good question. I found that over the years I've gotten better about it. When I did first go into um, virtual work, I have to say I felt like I had to answer every single email and very promptly. And I learned quickly that you know, otherwise you can't get your work done if you do that. So. Um, I basically will spend a good 45 minutes in the morning checking email and then I will ignore it for a good, um, well then I'll have some meetings and then, but I always make sure I have a good like two hours in the middle of the day where I just focus on my projects and ignore my email and text messages. And then um, later on in the evening or by the evening I'll make sure to get back to my email. But yes, uninterrupted time is crucial. I, I've actually switched through all of these. Uh, I used to use rescue time. I used to like, this actually I think is in a Drucker book, but like every once in a while I would write down in 15 minute increments how I spent time in a week. And you don't have to do that all the time, but if you do that once, even a year, it's like, oh my God, what am I doing with my life? There's an app for that right. too. I done this. Do oh, you know nice. that one? Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I like writing it down because it's sort of like, good to have it be a pain to like, oh, I just spent another 15 minutes on email, but choose your own poison. And now I've switched to, um, I've been using Google Calendar so much to be able to understand when I can work with people and how meetings are gonna run both inside our organization and outside that I actually now just start blocking off time proactively that's like, I'm gonna work two hours tomorrow on what Scott needs for Salesforce, which is just helping him, but I don't, I have to do that, and I don't, if I don't mark it as just as real as a phone call that I would never miss, then I won't do it. And it's like trivial because, you know, we use all the Google things, so Google Calendar is just kind of there, and even there, though there might be an incrementally better product, it's, it's more useful to, to be in the one where other people can see what's going on, and it's, you know, it's good enough. Okay, those were really good tips. Thank you. So um, a question for everyone. One of the visible benefits of having a, one of the invisible benefits of having a desk in an office is the office manager. How much overhead and additional attention and work have you discovered is required to manage yourself and your home office? Things that most people wouldn't know about. 
I mean, I think we, we dealt with some of it already as far as managing time, and then each one of us has kids, so managing that time with managing kids' schedules. Um, I think um, managing the, the office environment is like, yeah, knowing that, you know, it's going to cost you this much for, for your internet connection and, and, and um, you know, so having a really good accountant, someone mentioned accountant earlier, right? Having a really good accountant who can make sure that you, you know, write off all of these things that you spend money on in your home to set up a proper office environment, I think that that's an invisible uh, a thing that we have to deal with, definitely. For you? Um, I think... The time that I save on commuting to anywhere um, is, is I kind of bank that and I, I consider that makes me less time poor and more time rich and then I kind of write off, you know, other distractions that may happen during the day uh, within, you know, two or three of those 20 minute blocks um, that I get to keep as mine. So when I'm home and I, I have, you know, a blitz of meetings with clients and I have a bunch of documents to get out and things to work on, design docs, um, I get to take 20 to 40 minutes to go say hi to my son or go, go out and get some fresh air and eat something. So, and I don't feel like that's you know, losing out in, in terms of an invisible benefit. It's one of those getting to manage your own time. I'm lucky Mom's Rising does pay for my internet and my phone. And except for ink for my printer, like if I'm printing out a boarding pass to take a flight, I really have zero expenses. I'm saving on food because I eat at home. I'm saving on clothes. I'm saving on commuting clock costs. I see this as a plus, plus, plus all the way. Yeah, and I would, I would just say anybody that's in a mature organization that has like supporty people or HR or any of this stuff, don't be, you have to just expect them to support you as much as the office manager would in the office. And often they, they're perfectly willing to, it's just that nobody ever bothered to ask. And so I just, I have almost no cost, but I'm also not shy about saying like, oh, I have a problem and you're good at this, I think, please help me. Okay, thank you. So um, we are short on time, so that was our last question. But thank you um, to, our, to our panel for sharing your thoughts and advice.